Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition to Valley Praise Unique Women's Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Zapeta. Today's subject is a very tender and sensitive one. In this episode, we will be talking with a dear friend and a mom who has had a phone call that no parent ever wants to receive. And only through God's peace and redeeming grace could any parent turn something like this around to do something good by helping others. With me today is Diana Nagel. She is the mother of four, grandmother of seven, and has been married for almost 39 years. She has also been a photographer for many years until her day of retirement. Diana has started a support group called Mothers in Waiting, which is now called Healing Hearts. She is a God-fearing prayer warrior who I've known for more than 22 years. Diana, welcome and thank you for your willingness to share your story with us today. Thank you, Melissa. Can you tell us a little bit about that tragic time in your life and how God is still helping you through this time? Okay. Well, um, losing my son, I, it, it's still in my mind like it's, it just happened yesterday. And I'm sure with every mother out there, it, it's a constant memory that just it, it plays in you over and over, uh, even though we uh, pray about it and have it um, put away f- it's still, it's still fresh. I lost my son, William uh, Thomas Nagel, um, on June 12, 2013. He was headed to uh, work, and uh, whether he lost control of the car or someone hit him is still unclear, uh, but uh, he uh, hit the, the exit rail, and uh, uh, he went through the windshield and broke his neck, and he was... Uh, instantly dead he died and uh, with that um is uh, i remember that morning um because that morning well the night before we had just come from uh, houston uh and uh i had to shoot um summer camp in the morning and i remember being so tired i remember just uh saying getting up at six, which I always did to pray because of him. And I said, I'm just too tired. I'm going to sleep one more hour. And I went back to sleep. And um, just later to find out that, uh, uh, you know, days, weeks after after his death, that uh, he had died at, at 627 a.m. And, and so I took that as a, a punishment, I guess, on myself. Uh, uh, which is one of the stages, uh, anger, you know, guilt. And um, because I figured had I stayed awake, had I prayed, he would have been okay. And I took that into heart. So it, that was a, a very hard uh, thing for me to get over. Uh, it wasn't easy. And um, then um, uh, how we found out about it was that we all went uh, to eat after shooting uh, at uh, at a restaurant, and uh, I I get a phone call, and, and and you know how it's funny how God always His plan is always perfect. And that day, Melissa Sylvia Hankins was sitting with me, her family. They were sitting right there, and they go sit with us. And I said, okay. So we sat there. I received a letter, uh, a phone call from Maggie at first and and she goes she was screaming and and I couldn't hear her there's so many people and um and she kept saying mom mom billy 
and then the the phone went dead or whatever uh, that dropped the call and then she called again and she said mom mom billy didn't make it he was in a car accident he didn't make it mom can you hear me everything went black everything went black i mean i look at sylvia and she she knew something was wrong she got up right away and she says what's wrong and I go, Sylvia, what is she saying? What is she telling me? And uh, she gets the phone, and Aggie tells her, and I see Sylvia's expression. She starts crying because she knows the whole family. And she holds me, and she tells me, he didn't make it, Diana. And uh, I remember screaming, no, no, not my son, not my son, who had just turned 30. Hmm. And I look over at John, my husband, and he was very pale, very white. He couldn't get to me. And there were so many people around me because they all were trying to pray for me. They were all just trying to hug me. And uh, I couldn't get to him. and He couldn't get to me. Um, Sylvia and Terry, her husband, they grabbed us and just put us in a van and drove us home where my daughter Abby was home crying already. Um, we were waiting for Amanda, our youngest, to get off of work. And before I knew it, my house was full of people. All our family and friends and church family was there. And I remember seeing Pastor at the door. And uh, he, I told him, I don't want this trial, Pastor. I don't want this trial. And he told me they're not trials that we go through. It's just God's plans. And I go, well, I don't want them. I want my son. And I didn't want to wait on anybody. Everybody was like, just wait, Diana. We're packing. We're packing. A mother just doesn't wait. I just grabbed John and got in the van. I didn't know if I had gas or not, but somehow... We made it. We made it to San Antonio, where they live. And uh, my grandson was out there, and my, my daughter, and my daughter-in-law, Rachel. And we were all crying, more family, more friends. And um, they were just holding on to me. And it was uh, something that, that uh, for the first couple of years, I went over and over and over in my head, you know. It was something I just couldn't get out of my head. Um, uh, people think that they have things to say to you. They want to say, well, he's okay. I remember people saying, he's with God now. He's with God. I didn't want to hear that. I didn't want to hear he's with God. I didn't want to hear... He's all right. He's in heaven. He's walking on streets of gold. I wanted my son. And I was so angry at God because I was working for God, I, I assumed, you know. And uh, then he allowed this tragedy to happen because I would always pray Psalms 91 over my children. And, and it still happened. And my fight with God was that... Uh, your word says, your word says that you will send your angels before they strike a, their foot against a stone. 
Where were you when my son went out that windshield? Where were you? And so I didn't go to church for quite a while. Uh, I think it was like about seven months. But um, I remember when John and I finally went back and we were going to the front to... Uh, thank everybody who had prayed for us and were there for us and my Bible study ladies who were wonderful with me, uh, Pastor Barbara and, and uh, Sally and Rosie and all of them that, that stood with me. Uh, they, uh, uh, as I asked God, I kept continuing asking God, why, why? And I remember Sally saying, one day God is going to tell you why. Well, when I went up there to thank everybody, I told Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, you talk because I am not talking to Father. That's what I call him, Father. I say I'm still mad at him. And when I got up there, John was talking and telling everybody this or that. And he was just a, a blah, blah, blah to me at the moment. <laughs> and then uh, it was my turn. And... To my surprise, it was an out-of-body experience because the Holy Spirit did that. Just that, he, he took over. I would see myself standing there shaking, listening to myself, but I'm not there. I'm standing where the audience is looking at me. And the Holy Spirit says, I never said you could have your child forever. They're not yours forever. They have a time to be born, and they have a time to go home. And I couldn't stop crying because he's right. He never said we could have them. He says that we have time. There's a time to be born. There's a time to die. And um, when he said that, then I started coming back to church because I I was realizing that why not my son? You know, we asked the question, why, why, why me? Why, why not? Uh, God never said, oh, you're going to hold your child forever. He never said, oh, they're going to outlive you. You know, they're never. I mean, when you lose your husband, Melissa, or you lose your your mom or your dad. I have, I have buried grandma, my mom, two sisters, a niece. But when I lost my son, was, I could not bounce back from that one. Um, pain is pain. I mean, death is death, you know. But on the names of everything, on everyone, widow, widower, orphan. But there's no name for a child when you lose a child. There's no name. God never gave us a name. And I kept telling him that. And then when he answered me there... I was, um, well, yeah, you're right. It's it's true about that. So then about three years after that, um, after his death, um, I never let go of God. Never. I never let go of him. Even though I was not speaking to him and, and even though I was mad at him, you know, I never let go. And he was with me. He asked me. He told me three years, I think it was three or four years, and he told me, um, gather my daughters 
so they can start healing. And I was like, what daughters? And he told me again, gather my daughters so they can start healing. And uh, I didn't understand him. And he gave me, uh, when I would be speaking to other mothers, the name Mothers in Waiting came into play in my heart really, really heavy. And um, after that, I was listening to him uh, when I was praying, and he told me again, gather my daughters to heal and call it Mothers in Waiting. Because you're waiting to see your children again. And that is one promise that he says to us. We will see our children again. We will. That's his promise. And I fought it. And I said, no. No, I'm not listening to you no more. I'm really not talking to you. And uh, I stopped singing. I stopped praising. I stopped. I stopped, you know. Um, But yet my Bible was always open on my table which I found out as on a, uh, a very, how do I say it, point in my life where, wow, you know, he, his word was there always. I was just the one refusing not to see it, not to hear it, you know. And, um, and I would see everywhere, I would see um, my son everywhere. And I would see his son looks just like Melissa, you know that? His same freckles. His daughter looks just like him. She's um, from March 31st, and my son is April 1st. We did their last birthday party that year. When you look back, you have a tendency of looking at everything, and it's a different perspective because you're like, it's like a jigsaw puzzle. You don't know the pieces of where they go, but when you go, when you go back four or five years and you look at the puzzle and you're like, ah, that's where that one went. And um, it made me realize that God held him because... He did send his angels because the way that car was was completely pancaked. It was completely flattened. But my son was not. My son, the lady who called in the accident, didn't even know that my son was 100 feet from where she was standing. She didn't even see him there. So I had to have been an angel that came and pulled him out and laid him there. Did he let me see him for three days? Everything happens in the threes with my son. He was 30. Did he let me see him for three days? And it took me three years to accept my Lord back. And uh, when I went to the funeral, I ran to him. I ran to his coffin. (laughs) And I opened the coffin and everybody's like, Mom, what are you doing? I was checking him completely from head to toe. 
<laughs> he didn't have nothing broken, Melissa. Nothing was broken that I could see. Just his neck. And he looked like just, he was sleeping. And uh, when I read his report, everything inside was crushed. Everything. But God didn't allow me to see that. He knew I wouldn't be able to handle that. I wanted to remove him from the coffin and just hold him. That's what I wanted to do. But I checked him. And he looked perfectly fine. Perfectly fine, my Lord held him. And uh, I need a moment. It's all right. I know this is a tough subject to talk about, and we just appreciate you, your willingness to share, because we know with your testimony, there's so many others out there that can be blessed by it. And um, I can't even imagine the pain or the loss that you and your family have experienced. Um, it reminds me of how Mary must have felt seeing her son die for us on the cross. Mary was a woman just like us with feelings and with hurts. So many mothers are out there suffering the same thing or maybe something very similar to what you experienced. Um, you, do you want to tell us a little bit about why you, you started the group that you did here in Harlingen? And maybe I, I finally decided after three and a half years, I finally went to pastor and I told pastor what God had been telling me. And he told me, okay, let's go for it. And uh, so Mothers in Waiting, uh, till we meet again, started on uh, September 12, 2019. And uh, I brought all the prayer warriors with me. Miss Barbara, Miss Rosie, Miss Sally, all of them, Miss Bonnie. They were all there with me. They were all there. We had a great uh, turnout. We had so many ladies who lost their sons, their daughters, and uh, so many of them. Uh, we allowed each one of them to say their story. I don't think we did not stop from crying the whole three hours that we were there. Each one of them had something to say, of course. Uh, and um, we went about it for about a year, and then uh, we got shut down due to COVID in, in March of uh, 2020. And... Uh, even though we, we had shut down, we continued uh, talking and, and texting and calling. So we would talk till 3 or 4, uh, 5 in the morning sometimes. Uh, I, I'm a, I don't sleep early anyway, so I'm always up. And uh, we would talk, I would talk to them and, and, and just cry with them. And, and um, we just continued doing that. And then uh, when we did finally opened again in uh, January of 2021, uh, we lost a lot of people at our church and we lost a lot of uh, families and uh, we talked about it, uh, um, Vanessa and I, and, and we, since we were going to be adding the husbands now, because husbands, they're weird, <laughs> they're weird creatures, they really are, they don't they don't grieve the way we women grieve, you know. Uh, we women do it with all our hearts. All our heart goes into it. Men 
they just, you know, nod. And like my husband, he never really cried. He just nods. I, I don't know if he cries with other men or not, but uh, uh, we decided to, to do that. And so we decided, that's what do we name it now that we're going to do a co-ed with the men and women? Because it wasn't uh, mothers anymore. It was also fathers, mothers, brothers, sisters, grandparents that uh, had passed and people were crying and are hurting and they don't know how to uh, talk to anyone about this because they're like, I don't want to tell anybody my story. I don't want other people listening to me. Well, it's not really other people because we all come together. The Word of God tells us that we need to edify each other and, and, and pray for one another. And that's exactly what we do in this group. We, we, we pray for each other and we edify each other and we allow that person to speak until he lets it all. These are emotions. These are emotions. God gave us emotions. Uh, we need to just uh, allow us to drain all that uh, grief out because uh, it's the only way we're going to heal. It's like a therapy. When you, you get the AAA, how's it called? AA, they have their own and other people have their own. But why not grieving hearts? And so we called it healing hearts. Healing hearts because... That's what we're going to do when we're there. We're going to be healing the hearts of those who need help. Um, There are five stages that people go through when they're grieving, and that's denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. And this group, this is what we're going to do. And sometimes you can go through all of them, or you can just go one at a time. You never know which one you're going to go through, and it never comes right all at once it it all comes in waves you can be fine one minute and the next minute you're not a memory a song a word a movie a holiday will trigger our hearts our heart um when we remembers the heart remembers and when the heart remembers you're tears they they drop they they fall and and your word of god says he captures all our tears he captures them so it isn't like god is not listening he is and the thing is with death you cannot ignore it you cannot hide it you cannot uh do without it Uh, you have to confront death that's what i had learned that uh because even though I myself was going through this. I had to sit and 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 uh, listen to all these ladies and cried with them. Even though I was the leader of the group, I would cry so much with them because I myself was healing. I was healing while I was speaking and I was healing when I was listening. It made me realize I'm not in this alone. I'm with others, and others are hurting so much right now. 
I started healing and and I am I mean I'm not saying I'm perfectly fine I do have my days but uh like I said you know God tells me you know uh when we're walking around with my head down all the time why am I looking down when God tells us on Psalms 121 look up you know look up because where does your uh, your help comes from it comes from the Lord the maker of heaven and earth that's what he tells us to do and he does promises us that from the, the 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 ashes we will see the beauty of it all so um oh, that's a beautiful story and um I, I can't thank you enough for coming today i i know this subject is a very difficult one but i know that through your story you're going to help and are helping um, many others out there and what the devil intended for evil god definitely turned it definitely and um even through our heartaches, yes, God is there, especially through your heartaches. Yeah, and you're—I've always known. I've known you, like I said, 22 years. And yes, you're—you're you're a prayer warrior. Yes, if anybody can come out through this victorious, it's you. Yeah, to be a part of Diana Nagel's ministry, Healing Hearts, they meet on the second Thursday of the month at 6 p.m. at Spirit of Praise Church off Expressway 83 in Harlingen. You've been listening to Valley Praise Unique Women's Podcast. Until next time, tell your story to others. You never know who you will bless when you do. God bless you.